0: The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
1: Good morning to you. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of February. You're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on Talk Radio. As well as listening, you can also watch the show live. Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or you can find us on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe. Coming up, the government's levelling up plan, which aims to reduce inequalities across the country, is to be unveiled, which includes uh, updating transport, improving housing and giving more power to local regions. We'll be talking to the levelling up Secretary Michael Gove about that later in the show. Meanwhile, Russia's president Vladimir Putin has accused the US of trying to draw his country into a war in Ukraine while Boris Johnson on a visit to Ukraine yesterday warned that Russia against invasion had told them to step back from the brink and the government's set to announce billions in loans to energy companies to reduce the impact on customers of our soaring energy bills. We'll be talking about all of that and plenty more throughout the show. 6.34 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Well, good morning, chief. You. Thank you very much indeed for joining me this morning. Yeah, we've moved on a bit from Partygate, as the government is trying and desperate for us to do, um, and to talk about some actual government policy. I know, weird concept, eh? Uh, but yeah, the government is announcing their big levelling up agenda, much, uh, much vaunted. Uh, Michael Gove, who's been really the, I mean. Let's face it, in lots of ways, the deputy prime minister he's leading an awful lot of Covid policy over the last couple of years uh, and uh, driving through the prime minister's agendas. Well, he is the levelling up and housing secretary now. And uh, uh, finally, we've seen the 350 pages of his levelling up agenda. We're going to try to get to the bottom of what it actually means. But this uh, comes as we've got ongoing rounds over partygate revelations in the Telegraph of yet more of the parties that Boris Johnson attended. Basically, I mean, they were just constantly constantly having leaving dues or celebratory parties going to get to the bottom of this Jimmy Savile accusation from the prime minister against uh, Keir Starmer uh, and those just I mean just beyond shocking messages that police officers were sending to each other about uh, women um, officers uh, about uh, women defendants uh, and indeed their own wives and girlfriends extraordinarily I tell you what for a man had have never written a message like that about me um, I mean, I'll give you a running start, mate. You've got two minutes. Um, and we're going to talk about energy bills as well. And the really big news this morning, of course, is uh, m and have settled their court case against Aldi over Cuthbert the Caterpillar. I knew, I knew you'd want to know that. Right. Let's uh, talk to uh, political commentator Andre Walker now. He's joining me all this morning. I know you really want to talk about Colin and Cuthbert the Caterpillar, but I'm going to make you talk about more important things. I'm always happy to talk about whatever you want. We're on you know, I, really I love an easy this. man. I love an I, easy man. My, I bought this set
0: from the charity shop. Do you like it?
1: <laughs> Do you know what? What I love is that if you're listening on the radio, we'll not be able to see we've got you've got a, we've got a wonderful sort of old armchair, sort of gentleman's club old leather armchair. We've got a union flag, we've got an England, two union flags, an England flag. Have you got? Have you got the royal crest there? Between?
0: Yeah, I got. I got it off a supermarket for fifty quid when they lost the royal warrant. <laughs> it's brilliant.
1: I, I, you do. He does live in Windsor. I, what I love is that. That is exactly how I pictured your home. Anyway. <laughs> that's why i think we all thought you you lived it right let's let's talk first of all i mean energy bills i think and the leveling up agenda are the key things here and this is the thing we have got this massive increase in people's cost of living we've got national insurance going up that's guaranteed but it council tax we're going to be paying for the next few decades for all the spending over the last uh, a couple of years uh, plus we've got you know paying for net zero i mean you haven't even touched the size of the cost of that so the government is going to have to try and help us out with our energy bills and we'll come to that in a minute at the same time saying We need to help people living basically in the north, cap T, cap N. These are people in London saying this and talking about a levelling up agenda so that people in the in the north of the country don't live for less long, have less good health, uh, fewer job opportunities, lower educational um, uh, standards and and, and levels, um, fewer jobs, lower pay. All of the things that we know we've been talking about for decades This is the big opportunity. This is the levelling up agenda that is going to make the difference. First of all, do you understand what it is? And second of all, do you think it's going to achieve anything?
0: Well, look, I'm strongly of the view, given that I'm from the north of England, that we do need a strong thing on infrastructure. The big problem the north of England always has as the industrial heartlands is things like road and rail and in the old days, canals and whatever. So, So I get that. Uh, The big problem that we've got in terms of the levelling up agenda, and I don't mean to be rude, is the fact that we've levelled down as a result of the lockdowns. We've levelled down as a result of educational inequality. We've levelled down in terms of the fact that the gap between rich and poor has become bigger and bigger as middle-class people have baked banana bread and working-class people have genuinely struggled during the lockdown. Now, I don't disagree with the levelling up agenda, but I will tell you, whilst the Conservative Party is still considering a major hike on national insurance that's going to cost jobs and going to be hugely damaging to the economy, you know, I I just think it feels very hollow. But I'll tell you something else that I get annoyed about as somebody who's from the north of England. This whole thing about rail, look, the north needs a better rail and road infrastructure. But the fact that we're spending all this money on HS2, which has nothing to do with the north of England, it's merely about reducing congestion south of Birmingham. And that's fine if you want to tear up Buckinghamshire and do that. But actually, why should we have our pot of money
1: spent on this, which has got nothing to do with us? Yeah, again, exactly. There are millions of things that need to be done and billions of pounds that need to be spent. But I to meet anyone sane who thinks that that is the best use of that money, as we've talked about a thousand, thousand times on this show, what you want is actually the east-west links between the great exactly. northern cities and eastern West Midlands rather than worrying about whether you can get to London 20 minutes quicker. Again always so London-centric, which we always try not to be uh, in this show, even though, yeah, I'm sitting in the heart of London right now. I'm, I'm very, very aware of all, all of this. Now, but, um, Michael has written this uh, 350-page white paper. Um, it's, it's What's interesting is it's not just about practicalities like this is what we're going to do, or about money. It's about a philosophy behind cities. It's about sort of more autonomy. Um, we're told this is the Prime Minister's defining mission. Um, this is about a shift of power as well as cash, greater independence for towns and cities, improving in infrastructure, research and development, schools, quality of life. This is about people in the north of the country living longer. I mean, it's that basic. You know, basically, if you live in the richest part of the south, you live I mean, I think, I think worst the worst co- comparison is 14 years longer than someone living in the poorest part of the north. I mean, these are staggering figures. It's about technology, it's about broadband. There is a lot that needs to be done. This is incredibly worthwhile. This will not only improve the lives of people living in the poorest or disadvantaged towns and cities across the north of this country, this will improve everyone's lives. I mean, uh, one of the things that Michael Gove is saying today is that, you know, we are a, a country that is, you know, basically operating like a jet, you know, on one engine, and that we Need to make sure that everyone is skilled and everyone's got infrastructure around them to and the broadband and the and the training to 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 make the best out of their lives. And, and I mean, what's not to agree with there? Yes, one hundred percent. The question is, is this going to achieve it? Is another layer of a bureaucracy and, and uh, political appointees in uh, or elected political people in, in local mayors. Is that going to achieve it? Is there enough cash to achieve it? Apparently, we are not talking about very much new cash at all. Um, and if you are talking about infrastructure spending, I'm afraid you are looking at tens of billions of pounds if you want to make a difference.
0: Yeah, look, there's a couple of things to say about that. But let me say one thing. I think the coronavirus lockdown, the pandemic has proved that local autonomy and devolution is a complete disaster for this country. We've seen in Greater Manchester, we've seen in Scotland, we've seen in Wales, and we've seen in Northern Ireland, a a race to the bottom, the most draconian lockdown, more draconian than Drakeford goes Sturgeon. You know, I, I think it's a mess. Let me tell you something. People in the North are not stupid. All they need is a very simple thing. Tax cuts, less regulation, a greater ability to set up their own businesses better school standards which nobody has the guts to talk about and a few railway lines, you know, all of this. Let let, let, let people how...
1: get on with themselves. So that's the thing. I'm not. I'm not very sure of the idea that you know you create all this wealth by government spending. People want a, the opportunity to do it themselves. For instance, you know, would, would would companies you know reclaim all this derelict land? We're told they want to re- redevelop. Well, they well they would if they were allowed to do it, and there was you know there was an expectation there were going to be people with the jobs and the spending power to purchase those homes, to to go and shop in those shops. I mean, it. They, it it's quite um it's quite nanny state this attitude, isn't it? There's it's- nothing,
0: Julia, there's nothing more frustrating than going to a community like Lee, where the jobs have gone, where things have got really bad, and then they've built you a shopping centre or nice. whatever. It's not yeah. real economics. Yeah. The reality is, nobody has got the guts to admit the following thing. The reason you went to Oxford
1: University is A, because you're clever, but also you went to a great uh, comprehensive no school. i didn't i went to a very bog standard comprehensive i went to a great state sixth form college and okay, that's why well, i'm so uh, that is why i am so aware of the difference in the, the schooling and the expect it's it's expectations as well there are some well, uh, amazing amazing incredible state schools dotted around the country which are achieving incredible things with kids who won free school meals who are living in high rise blocks Um, and, And then middle middle class leafy suburbs are churning out average grades for their kids because they don't have high expectations. And we need to. Yeah, we need to change that around, don't we?
0: Yeah, look, maybe I shouldn't have given you as an example, but I think the point is fundamentally this. There is a huge inequality in education. Let's be honest, when we're talking about the schools that didn't do much during lockdown, they're always the ones in the labour areas, the safe labour seats, the Rotherhams, the Salfords, where people just can't be bothered. And, And the thing is, plumb in as much money as you want but the reality is when you leave school unable to operate a bank account yep. you are not going to succeed in life
1: yeah i mean, absolutely i mean yes low expectations low aspiration i think is absolutely crucial and i don't think you change that around with 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 yet yeah, building a new shopping centre in the centre of town i completely absolutely. agree with you let's talk about this energy bill rebate this is the front of the uh, the times energy bill rebates to help against rising costs so, This is the thing. We're going to see probably next week. Offgem, the um, energy regulator, going to confirm that yes, that energy price cap is going to go up again. We're going to be looking at an average household energy bill this year, two thousand pounds. I mean, I don't care how much you earn. That's a heck of a lot of money. And people on lower incomes and average incomes, that is basically going to break the bank. And especially, we're expecting even tomorrow, we may hear of interest rates rise. So people on mortgages just scraping by um really going to be struggling as well um so and we've got of course with the council tax rise and we've got the national insurance rise that was confirmed at the weekend so with all of that on top of everything else we're now told so the government is going to um uh, look at a rebate rebates and loans basically for um the energy companies the fossil fuel companies for every house to, to basically allow them to lower the cost for every household of roughly 200 pounds and again well that's you know, rather less than they're going up by, a bit more help for more people than more homes discount, et cetera, et cetera. But they're going to offer £6 billion in loans to energy companies to help them lower our bills. At the same time, we are subsidising green energy. So our bills are a few hundred pounds higher because we're subsidising green energy. We're also subsidising um, the carbon dioxide industry as well. I mean, the government is just subsidising everybody, all the time. And the reason we're in this mess right now is because we didn't frack for for gas and we didn't build nuclear power stations. And that's why we're in the mess we're in now.
0: Julia, I think you should apologise to your listeners. This is about moving to the green economy. This is about pushing up energy prices. This idea of energy poverty didn't exist until relatively recently. It's something that probably ceased to exist in the 1950s and has been brought back. I always think of the example, and no, it's not on uh, warm homes, Tata Steel. When they said Tata Steel shut down, isn't this terrible? Tata Steel was shut down by the taxes that were put on by this government in order to move to a green economy. If your grandmother is shivering in the winter, that's moving to a green economy. The reality is we have pushed up the price of energy. We've created uh, a, a absolute glut of fun for scientists and whatever to do their hobby horses all sorts of wind turbines and wave power and whatever and we have plunged people into poverty you know the what is it the average family is going to see a six seven eight hundred pound increase in april I mean it's just obscene.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's an entirely manufactured created problem, and which they're now going to solve with more of our taxes. I mean, it defies belief. Where is that 6 billion pound coming from? Oh, us again. We'll end up paying for it either way.
0: The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
1: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6:30 until 10.